What is the significance in Jesus and his 12 disciples turning whiter than white? Jesus allowed the people of Nephi to both worship and pray to him. Are Latter-day Saints encouraged to do that today? Why is Jesus healing those with leprosy and anachronism? What does it mean to take the sacrament unworthily? Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. I'm Max. This review covers the lesson plan for 3rd Nephi, chapter 17 through 19. Please subscribe to be notified of our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the New Testament that are in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible to not conclude that their true source is from the King James Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. Having just taught the Sermon at the Temple in Bountiful and calling the Twelve Disciples, Jesus will now turn his attention again to the multitude. 3 Nephi 17.1 Behold, now it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he looked round about again on the multitude, and he said unto them, Behold, my time is at hand. His time is up. He must leave. The phrase, quote, when Jesus had spoken these words, he, is from John 18.1. And, quote, my time is at hand is taken from Matthew 26.18. 3 Nephi 17.2-3 but Jesus perceived that they did not understand what he had been teaching them. So he told them to go home and think about it, to ask the Father to help them and prepare their minds for what he was going to say the next day. But how did they go to their homes when they were most likely destroyed in the earthquakes, floods, and windstorms? Verse 3, the words, quote, Ask the Father in my name are in John 15, 16, and, quote, I come unto you are in 1 Corinthians 14, 6. 3 Nephi 17, 4. But now I go unto the Father, and also to show myself unto the lost tribes of Israel, for they are not lost unto the Father, for he knoweth whither he hath taken them. God knows where he put them. The phrase, quote, I go unto my Father, is from John 14.28. Third Nephi 17.5-6 Jesus was about to depart, but he noticed the people were in tears and had the look as if they wanted him to stay a little longer. He tells them his bowels are filled with compassion. Verse 6, in the 1830 edition, page 489, it read, quote, My bowels is filled with compassion. It was changed in later editions to, quote, My bowels are filled with compassion. 3 Nephi 17, verse 7, Jesus says, Have ye any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have ye any that are lame, or blind, or halt, or maimed, or leprous, or that are withered, or that are deaf, or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither, and I will heal them, for I have compassion upon you. My bowels are filled with mercy. The words, quote, sick among you are in James 15.14, and, quote, halt or maimed are in Matthew 18.8. The incurable skin disease of leprosy did not exist in ancient America, so it would be difficult to explain why Jesus would mention it here. Third Nephi 17 verse 8. For I perceive that ye desire that I should show unto you what I have done unto your brethren at Jerusalem. For I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you. The words, quote, For I perceive that are in Luke 8.46, and, quote, That your faith is, are in Romans 1.8. 3 Nephi 17, verse 9. The people came forward, and everyone was healed. Verse 10. And they did all, both they who had been healed and they who were whole, bowed down at his feet, and did worship him. And as many as could come for the multitude did kiss his feet. 
insomuch that they did bathe his feet with their tears. Did you catch that they worshipped him? During Jesus' mortal ministry, from his birth to his resurrection, he was worshipped by many, from wise men, lepers, his mother, his disciples, etc. There are numerous examples in the New Testament, and Jesus never rejected their worship. However, President George Q. Cannon, in Gospel Truth, Volume 1, page 135, warned, quote, We know also that our Father in Heaven should be the object of our worship. He will not have divided worship. We are commanded to worship Him and Him only. So, who can we worship? Do we worship the Father or the Son, or both? Who did the disciples worship in the Bible? Who did the Nephites worship in the Book of Mormon? Since they worship Christ, why don't we worship Christ? If we worship Christ along with the Father, are we worshiping two gods instead of one? Or is it all one God? We read in 2 Nephi 25-29, And now behold, I say unto you, that the right way is to believe in Christ, and deny him not. And Christ is the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore ye must bow down before him, and worship him with all your might, mind, and strength, and your whole soul. And if ye do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. This verse teaches us to worship Christ, as does 1 Nephi 11.24 and 3 Nephi 11.17. This conflicts with the counsel given by modern LDS leaders who teach that the Father in heaven should be the sole object of our worship. Verses 11-13 through 13, Jesus then commands all the little children to be brought to him and that the people should kneel down on the ground. Verse 13, the words, quote, And Jesus stood are in Matthew 20, verse 32. 3 Nephi 17, 14-15 And it came to pass that when they had knelt upon the ground, Jesus groaned within himself and said, Father, I am troubled because of the wickedness of the people of the house of Israel. And when he had said these words, he himself also knelt upon the earth. And behold, he prayed unto the Father, and the things which he prayed cannot be written. And the multitude did bear record who heard him. The phrase, quote, and he said these words, is from Acts 28-29. 3 Nephi 17, 16-17. This is what the people had to say about what they experienced when Jesus prayed. And after this manner do they bear record. The eye hath never seen, neither hath the ear heard before, so great and marvelous things as we saw and heard Jesus speak unto the Father. And no tongue can speak, neither can there be written by any man, neither can the hearts of men conceive so great and marvelous things as we both saw and heard Jesus speak. And no one can conceive of the joy which filled our souls at the time we heard him pray for us unto the Father. This experience for these people had no words to adequately describe what they saw and heard that day. Verses 18-19, through 19, When Jesus finished praying, the multitude was overcome. He asked them to stand. Verses 20-21, through 21, And they arose from the earth, and he said unto them, Blessed are ye because of your faith. And now, behold, my joy is full. And when he had said these words, he wept, and the multitude bare record of it. And he took their little children, one by one, and blessed them, and prayed unto the Father for them. The words, quote, bear record of, are in Revelation 1-2. In the 1830 edition, page 490, it read, quote, bear record of it, spelled B-E-A-R, which was changed in later editions to B-A-R-E. 
3 Nephi 17:22-24. And when he had done this, he wept again. And he spake unto the multitude, and said unto them, Behold your little ones. And as they looked to behold, they cast their eyes towards heaven, and they saw the heavens open, and they saw angels descending out of heaven as it were in the midst of fire, and they came down and encircled those little ones about, and they were encircled about with fire, and the angels did minister unto them. The phrase, quote, descending out of heaven, is from Revelation 21.10, 3 Nephi 17.25. And the multitude did see, and hear, and bear record, and they know that their record is true, for they all of them did see and hear every man for himself. And they were a number about two thousand and five hundred souls, and they did consist of men, women, and children. Jesus will now introduce communion, or the sacrament, to the people. Third Nephi chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass that Jesus commanded his disciples that they should bring forth some bread and wine unto him. Remember, this is happening in the immediate aftermath of the near total destruction of the land and cities. Where would these disciples find fresh bread and wine for this large multitude? Verses 3-4 through four. Jesus broke the bread and commanded the disciples to eat it. Then he commanded them to give it to the multitude. Verse 3, in the 1830 edition, page 490, it read, quote, He took of the bread and brack and blessed it. It was changed in later editions to break. 3 Nephi 18.5 and when the multitude had eaten and were filled, he said unto the disciples, Behold, there shall one be ordained among you, and to him will I give power that he shall break bread, and bless it, and give it unto the people of my church, unto all those who shall believe and be baptized in my name. Jesus is giving just one ordained man, probably Nephi, the power to break the bread. Are they using unleavened bread or leavened bread? The phrase, quote, and when the multitude is in Matthew 22:33, and quote, to him will I give power is from Revelation 2:26. Today in the LDS Church on the local level, only the bishop has the right to grant permission for the sacrament to be administered. In verse 6, Jesus wanted them to start practicing this ritual. 3 Nephi 18:7. And this shall ye do in remembrance of my body, which I have shown unto you. And it shall be a testimony unto the Father that ye do always remember me. And if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my spirit to be with you. There is symbolism and promise in this practice. During his mortal ministry, Jesus introduced communion to his apostles. Luke 22, verses 19-20. Quote, and he took bread, and gave thanks, and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. End quote. In April 1830, God revealed to Joseph Smith the exact words to say when blessing the emblems of the sacrament, which are different from the Book of Mormon and the New Testament. Doctrine and Covenants, section 20, verse 70. Quote, o God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him and keep his commandments, which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with him. Amen. End quote. Verse 72, quote, O God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, 
to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his Spirit to be with them. Amen. End quote. 35, 18, verse 8. And it came to pass that when he said these words, he commanded his disciples that they should take of the wine of the cup and drink of it, and that they should also give unto the multitude that they might drink of it. In 1830, Joseph Smith set out to procure wine for the sacrament, when he received a revelation commanding him not to purchase wine or strong drink, meaning liquor from his enemies, see D&C 27.1-3, for fear that his enemies might poison the wine or liquor. The saints were to use wine of their own making. Water is now used instead of wine in sacrament services of the Odious Church. In verse 9, everyone drank and were filled. The phrase, quote, they were filled is in Luke 6.11, 35.18.10. And when the disciples had done this, Jesus said unto them, Blessed are ye for this thing which ye have done, for this is fulfilling my commandments. And this doth witness unto the Father that ye are willing to do that which I have commanded you. So everything Jesus taught them at the Sermon at the Temple, they were commanded to do, and by partaking of this communion, they promised to keep all of those commandments. The words, quote, And when the disciples are in Matthew 21.20. Is it humanly possible to keep all those commandments? Why make promises over and over each week if it is impossible to keep those promises? 35.18.11 still speaking to the disciples, And this shall ye always do to those who repent and are baptized in my name. And ye shall do it in remembrance of my blood which I have shed for you, that ye may witness unto the Father that ye do always remember me. And if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my Spirit to be with you. In verse 12, he tells them that if they do these things, they are built upon his rock. Verse 13, But if anyone varies from his commandments, he says, are built upon a sandy foundation. The phrase, quote, and the gates of hell is from Matthew 16, 18. Verse 14, blessed are those who keep his commandments. 3 Nephi 18, 15. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye must watch and pray always, lest ye be tempted by the devil and ye be led away captive by him. The phrase, quote, watch and pray is from Matthew 26, 41. 3 Nephi 18, 16. And as I have prayed among you, even so shall ye pray in my church among my people who do repent and are baptized in my name. Behold, I am the light. I have set an example for you. The words, I have prayed, are in Luke 22, 32. 3 Nephi 18, 17. In the 1830 edition, page 491, the word multitude is misspelled, but corrected in later editions. The phrase, quote, when Jesus had spoken these words, is from John 18, 1. 3 Nephi 18, verse 18. He further instructs the multitude on prayer. Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, ye must watch and pray always, lest ye enter into temptation. For Satan desireth to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The last part of this verse are the same words Jesus spoke to Peter in Luke 22, 31. The words, quote, lest ye enter into temptation, are in Luke 22, 46. 3 Nephi 18, 19. Therefore ye must always pray unto the Father in my name. Because of these verses, Latter-day Saints are instructed today not to pray to Jesus, and they are not authorized to pray to the Father without using the name of Jesus. 3 Nephi 18.20 
And whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name which is right, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you. This verse is taken from John 16.23 and Luke 6.38, verses 21-23. Pray in your families unto the Father, always in my name, that your wives and your children may be blessed. And behold, ye shall meet together oft, and ye shall not forbid any man from coming unto you when ye shall meet together. But suffer them that they may come unto you, and forbid them not. But ye shall pray for them, and shall not cast them out. And if it so be that they come unto you oft, ye shall pray for them unto the Father in my name. Verse 24, he tells them to be good examples to non-members of the church. Therefore hold up your light, that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. Behold, ye see that I have prayed unto the Father, and ye all have witnessed. The phrase, quote, I am the light, is in John 9, 5. 3 Nephi 18:25. He wants everyone to come unto him, and any church members who drive others away are breaking God's commandment. 3 Nephi 18:26-27. Jesus now focuses his attention again on his disciples. Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you another commandment, and then I must go unto my Father, that I may fulfill other commandments which he hath given me. Remember, he still needs to visit the ten lost tribes before he returns to his Father. 3 Nephi 18.28-29 This passage is an obvious reference to the Apostle Paul's discussion in 1 Corinthians 11.27-29. In fact, the Book of Mormon has a footnote to that effect. The application here, however, shows that the writer of the Book of Mormon did not understand what Paul was saying, and as a result, ended up with a serious misinterpretation. Paul was not discussing man's personal worthiness, or lack thereof. Rather, he was discussing the manner in which the communion was being partaken. The context in 1 Corinthians 11 makes this clear. The word unworthily is an adverb, and points to a way or manner in which a thing is done. The church at Corinth was abusing the communion in the manner in which they were observing it, by turning it into a common meal. By misinterpreting the word unworthy, the writer unknowingly demonstrates that the Book of Mormon was man-made. The Corinthian saints were gathering for the purpose of partaking of the Lord's Supper, but it appears some were turning it into a drunken feast while others went hungry. So Paul says, don't you have your own houses to eat and drink in? Paul really throws down on them not only their actions of self-indulgence, but for tying them to Holy Communion. Obviously, the Corinthians had mistaken the purpose and way to partake of the communion as a means to remember the Lord's sacrifice. The LDS Church interprets this passage to mean that those people who are unworthy instead of these Corinthians who are partaking of communion unworthily. The former believe that the passage is speaking of personal qualifications instead of the manner or fashion in which the communion is approached. Paul is speaking to the way in which the Lord's Supper has been approached and observed, not to the personal qualifications of those who are eating it in faith. Paul was trying to move them to embrace a deeper reverence for why they gathered for communion. 3 Nephi 18.28-29 And now behold, this is the commandment which I give unto you, that ye shall not suffer anyone knowingly to partake of my flesh and blood unworthily when ye shall minister it. For whoso eateth and drinketh my flesh and blood unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to his soul. 
Therefore, if ye know that a man is unworthy to eat and drink of my flesh and blood, ye shall forbid him. The phrase, eateth and drinketh, is from Mark 2.16. The Nephite church leaders were to monitor the worthiness of individuals who partake of the communion or sacrament. How do they determine who is worthy and who is not? Latter-day Saints are monitored and judged worthy by their bishops and stake presidents. 30 Nephi 18.30 Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out from among you, but ye shall minister unto him, and shall pray for him unto the Father in my name. And if it so be that he repenteth, and is baptized in my name, then shall ye receive him, and shall minister unto him of my flesh and blood. In the 1830 edition, page 492, the word nevertheless was capitalized, and baptized was spelled B-A-B-T-I-Z-E-D. Both mistakes were corrected in later editions. 3 Nephi 1831 But if he repent not, he shall not be numbered among my people, that he may not destroy my people. For behold, I know my sheep, and they are numbered. In other words, if he is a non-member and won't repent, do not baptize him. If he is a member, he will have to be excommunicated. He must be worthy or cut off. I have to ask, did Jesus ever talk this way to his followers during or after his mortal ministry? 3 Nephi 18.32 Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out of your synagogues or your places of worship. For unto such shall ye continue to minister. For ye know not but what they will return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart, and I shall heal them, and ye shall be the means of bringing salvation unto them. In other words, encourage them to come to church in case they decide to repent. Verse 33. Therefore, keep these sayings which I have commanded you, that ye come not under condemnation. For woe unto him whom the Father condemneth. 3 Nephi 1834. It seems that before the Savior's appearance, there had been serious contention among them as to whether or not to allow non-members or unworthy members to attend church meetings. And I give you these commandments because of the disputations which have been among you. And blessed are ye if ye have no disputations among you. Verses 36-37 And it came to pass that when Jesus had made an end of these sayings, he touched with his hand the disciples whom he had chosen, one by one, even until he had touched them all, and spake unto them as he touched them. And the multitude heard not the words which he spake, therefore they did not bear record. But the disciples bear record that he gave them power to give the Holy Ghost. And I will show unto you hereafter that this record is true. That was Mormon injecting a comment. The word, quote, the multitude heard, are in Matthew twenty-two thirty-three. Neither Jesus nor Mormon mentions priesthood in connection with his power. 3 Nephi 1838 And it came to pass that when Jesus had touched them all, there came a cloud and overshadowed the multitude that they could not see Jesus. The phrase, quote, there came a cloud and overshadowed, is from Luke 934. 3 Nephi 1839 And while they were overshadowed, he departed from them and descended into heaven. And the disciples saw and did bear record that he ascended again into heaven. The phrase, quote, he departed from them, and is in Acts 19.9, 3 Nephi chapter 19, verses 1-3. through 3. After Jesus left, everyone returned to their homes. Some houses were still standing after all that destruction. Throughout the night, people spread the news about Jesus' appearance and that he was returning the next day. The words, quote, and it was noised, are in Mark 2.1. Verse 3, many more people than the original 2,500 people 
were present for the second day of Christ's visit. 3rd Nephi 19.4 Next, we are given the names of the twelve Nephite apostles. And it came to pass that on the morrow, when the multitude was gathered together, behold, Nephi and his brother, whom he had raised from the dead, whose name was Timothy, and also his son, whose name was Jonas, and also Methoni, and Mathonihah his brother, and Cuman, and Cumananhi, and Jeremiah, and Shemnon, and Jonas, and Zedekiah, and Isaiah. Now these were the names of the disciples whom Jesus had chosen. And it came to pass that they went forth and stood in the midst of the multitude. The phrase, quote, whom he had raised from the dead, is from John 12, 9, and, quote, and stood in the midst, is in John 20, 26. Verses 5 through 6. The turnout was so big, they had to separate everyone into twelve groups. The twelve disciples taught the people to kneel down and pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. 3 Nephi 19.6 The phrase, quote, in the name of Jesus, is in Acts 16.18. Verses 7-8 through 8, Then the twelve disciples taught everyone who wasn't there the day before exactly every word which Jesus has spoken. Verse 9 And they did pray for that which they most desired, and they desired that the Holy Ghost should be given unto them. The words, quote, that the Holy Ghost are in Acts 20, verse 23. 3 Nephi 19, 10-11, referring to the twelve disciples. And when they had thus prayed, they went down unto the water's edge, and the multitude followed them. And it came to pass that Nephi went down into the water and was baptized. Did Nephi baptize himself? because he was the first to be baptized, who baptized the person that baptized Nephi. 3 Nephi 19.12 And he came up out of the water and began to baptize, and he baptized all those whom Jesus had chosen. Interesting that these Nephite twelve were baptized, when we have no New Testament record of the original twelve apostles being baptized. 3 Nephi 19.13 And it came to pass when they were all baptized and had come up out of the water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We know that these men had been baptized previously, see Helaman 16.3-4, I suppose in compliance with the Law of Moses. But the Law of Moses, as outlined in the Old Testament, did not require either baptism or the bestowal of the Holy Ghost. The words, quote, were all baptized are in 1 Corinthians 10.2, and, quote, with the Holy Ghost and with fire are in Matthew 3.11. 3 Nephi 19.14 And behold, they were encircled about as if it were by fire, and it came down from heaven, and the multitude did witness it, and did bear record, and angels did come down out of heaven and did minister unto them. The phrase, quote, came down out of heaven is in Revelation 3.12. 3 Nephi 19.15 And it came to pass that while the angels were ministering unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came and stood in the midst and ministered unto them. In verses 16 through 17, Jesus commanded everyone to kneel down and pray. 3 Nephi 19:18. And behold, they began to pray, and they did pray unto Jesus, calling him their Lord and their God. Wait, hold on. After all the instruction Jesus gave them in these chapters about praying to the Father in his name, and here they are praying to Jesus and calling him their God, Jesus doesn't seem to object to them praying to him and calling him their Lord and God. They were praying directly to Jesus and worshiping him as God. See 2 Nephi 25:29, 1 Nephi 11:24 and 3 Nephi 11:17. LDS doctrine now dictates that you absolutely do not pray to Jesus and that Jesus is not God. 
According to Mormonism, Jesus is the Son of God. We read in 2 Nephi 11.7, quote, For if there be no Christ, there be no God. And if there be no God, we are not, for there could have been no creation. But there is a God, and he is Christ, and he cometh in the fullness of his own time. End quote. I have to emphasize that Nephi is saying that Christ is God. Remember in the introductory pages to the Book of Mormon, we read from the title page written by Moroni what the purpose of the Book of Mormon was. And also to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God. That statement, along with these verses here, confirms that Jesus Christ, our Savior, is in fact God. I will bet most Latter-day Saints today would tell you otherwise, that eternal God is referring to Heavenly Father. Always keep in mind that Joseph Smith was monotheistic in his beliefs when he wrote or translated the Book of Mormon. 3 Nephi 19, verses 19-20 through 20. And it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them, and went a little way off from them, and bowed himself to the earth. And he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen. And it is because of their belief in me that I have chosen them out of the world. The phrase, quote, Father, I thank thee that thou hast, is from John 11.41, and, quote, them out of the world is from John 17.15. 3 Nephi 19.21. Father, I pray thee that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost unto all them that shall believe in their words. The words, quote, I pray thee that thou, are in Acts 24, verse 4. 3 Nephi 19, 22-23. Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me, and thou seest that they believe in me because thou hearest them, and they pray unto me, and they pray unto me because I am with them. And now, Father, I pray unto thee for them, and also for all those who shall believe on their words, that they may believe in me, that I may be in them, as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one. The phrase, quote, as thou, Father, art in me, is from John 17.21. Third Nephi 19.24-25. And it came to pass that when Jesus had thus prayed unto the Father, he came unto his disciples, and behold, they did still continue without ceasing to pray unto him. And they did not multiply many words, for it was given unto them what they should pray, and they were filled with desire. And it came to pass that Jesus blessed them as they did pray unto him, and his countenance did smile upon them, and the light of his countenance did shine upon them, and behold, they were as white as the countenance and also the garments of Jesus. And behold, the whiteness thereof did exceed all the whiteness, yea, even there could be nothing upon earth so white as the whiteness thereof. So, pretty much everyone was whiter than white. And I think we know by now the importance the Book of Mormon puts on being white. Verse 26. Jesus told the disciples to pray on. The words, quote, Not cease to pray are in Colossians 1 9. 3 Nephi 19 27. While the disciples were praying to him, Jesus was praying to the Father on behalf of the twelve disciples. And he turned from them again, and went a little way off, and bowed himself to the earth. And he prayed again unto the Father, saying, The words, quote, when a little, are in Matthew 26, 39, and, quote, and he prayed again, are in James 5, 18, 3 Nephi 19, 28. Father, I thank thee that thou hast purified those whom I have chosen because of their faith. And I pray for them, and also for them who shall believe on their words, that they may be purified in me through faith on their words, even as they are purified in me. The phrase, quote, 
pray for them is in Matthew 5:44. End quote. Through faith is in Acts 3:16. Third Nephi 19:29-30. Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom Thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith, that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as Thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. And when Jesus had spoken these words, he came again unto his disciples. And behold, they did pray steadfastly without ceasing unto him. And he did smile upon them again, and behold, they were white, even as Jesus. How is Jesus listening to the heartfelt prayers and answering them while he is busy conversing with the Father? The words, quote, without ceasing, are in Second Timothy 1.3, and even as Jesus are in Mark 11.6. 3 Nephi 19.31 he goes off and prays to the Father some more. 3 Nephi 19.32-33 And tongue cannot speak the words which he prayed, neither can be written by man the words which he prayed. And the multitude did hear and do bear record, and their hearts were opened, and they did understand in their hearts the words which he prayed. I guess Jesus' words couldn't be written or spoken, but could be felt in their hearts. 3 Nephi 19.34-36 Nevertheless, so great and marvelous were the words which he prayed that they cannot be written, neither can they be uttered by man. And it came to pass that when Jesus had made an end of praying, he came again to the disciples and said unto them, So great faith have I never seen among all the Jews, wherefore I could not show unto them so great miracles because of their unbelief. Verily I say unto you, There are none of them that have seen so great things as ye have seen, neither have they heard so great things as ye have heard. My question is, what great miracles have these Nephites seen, and what great things have they heard that Jesus' followers in the Holy Land didn't experience? This concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Or you can go to our website at TalkingToWormers.com, where you can download this script and learn much more. Remember, Jesus is enough. God bless.